Hi, this is Better Than Dead, a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we are going to be talking about Billy Budd, which is Herman Melville's novella posthumously published 1924 and how it is about getting too horny at sea and how it can be deadly also about soup <laughs> so katie the truest stand maybe of us all why do you want to read billy bud herman melville two words i should have said that first two words <laughs> herman melville <laughs> Melville is my number two fave author. My first favorite author is Hawthorne. And I will say that I mentioned that because Melville would respect that order. I'll go into <laughs> that momentarily. Uh, Moby Dick is also fucking amazing. And I'm, I'm fully going to just absolutely shit my britches when we get to talk about it. <laughs> um, it's going to be a two episode spectacular in yeah. advance. Yes. Spectacular is the word. Uh, the first time that I was introduced to Melville was my dad went to Barnes and Noble and he came home with Moby Dick because he was like trying to read the classics and he, he started it and he put it down almost immediately and was like, this is garbage. Who wants to read a thousand pages about a whale written in old English? <laughs> also, yeah, so that was the verdict. That was the verdict on Moby Dick. Um, also, so my dad was like the funniest person maybe of all time. And um, a similar story is that one time he came back from the movie Broken Flowers, which was this like very serious, sad movie uh, that came out when I was in high school. Jim Jarmusch, and I was yeah. like, oh. I was like, oh, dad, what did you think of the movie? And he was like, Ugh, I hated it. It was terrible. <laughs> I walked out of it after 10 minutes. You know what I walked into? Must love dogs. It was incredible. <laughs> That's the movie of the year. <laughs> so, so that was, uh, so that was that. And um, but to Billy Budd itself, uh, Billy Budd is super fucking cool. Um, it's tragic. It's beautiful. It's weird. It's it's a meditation on many things, uh, many questions in this life uh like what does justice mean what does guilt mean what does innocence mean uh what is the law and how does it uh interact with mor morality um what is love truly but while it's also while it's expanding the mind it's also pushing the boundaries of how many times you can write hung stiff erect and ejaculate <laughs> one single work yeah. of literature <laughs> Um, it's also a story of how a mostly useless, hot dumbass who everyone loves finally gets his comeuppance, <laughs> which is like a great part about it. Oh, yeah. um, Melville, we stand until we can stand no more. So I, too, would probably just read Melville and we can call the show uh, Better Melville Than Dead. Awesome. Um, that's <laughs> I fine. Um, I relate deeply to Billy Budd and I don't mean I mean the book and not the character because I would 100% have a boat wherein I just check out men's butts <laughs> um, I also like Melville because all of his books are just about obsession and I love obsessive novels and novellas um, would you say you're obsessed with them I'm obsessed with them perhaps <laughs> yes um i'm also generally into short form stuff but i think i am kind of the only person in the world let alone on this podcast who wants to talk about novellas and why they're cool um 
Tristan especially is like, if it's under 500 pages, it's not really a book. Um, yeah, yeah, short fiction is cool and it's also good for tired people. Um, and this is the rare, I think not, maybe not rare, but like, it's one of those books that all three of us have equal investment in and have read a bunch. And it's always fun when we're all equally pumped about something. Yeah. Hell yeah. Totally. Um, no, I I am very much with both of you guys on the Melville standing. Uh, you know, one of my favorite writers and, and certainly one of my favorite American writers. Um, I think like all of his novels and stories um, are just so innovative and challenging and weird. Um, his poetry kind of sucks, TVH, but, yeah. but that's, you know, that's a separate thing. Yeah, it does. Um, and also, you know, they're all so fucking angry, like really, really angry, um, but generally for the right reasons. And usually uh, they're angry at the right people, which, you know, I think I think we could all get behind that. Um, you know, Moby Dick uh, totally endorses absolutely the shit. Um, uh, but, you know, a, a Billy Butt has really fascinated me for a long time. I'm fascinated by the queerness of it, um, which while maybe not wholly unique, because um, there is like a ton of queer literature in the 18th and 19th centuries um, or literature that deals with queerness. Um, but I, I think in Billy Budd, it is it, it is explicitly framed and fronted in a way that I do think is sort of unique. Like I can't think of an, a lot of other texts, uh, certainly by kind of famous literary figures that are as like kind of blatant and explicit uh, about about queerness about from, butts. from the time. It's about butts. Yeah, about butts. Yeah, yeah. It, it is about it is definitely about uh hot men's butts um uh, yeah. uh which it owns uh totally um uh and and i and i do think that that's that's kind of unique and interesting um and and as, as katie mentioned it, it also has really strong and captivating critiques of the law and power relations um that i know must be intertwined with how the novella wants us to think about queerness but in ways that i'm still not sure i, I really have a grasp on um so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about that also, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I'm I'm pretty into ships and boats of all kinds. Uh, like I, <laughs> so HMS, knows that. HMS Bella Potent, uh, which is the ship in question in this novel, is a magnificent third rate ship of the line. Um, extremely interesting. I would oh. love to tell you guys about how the rating system I, worked. Oh, oh, I gotta go. Oh, oh uh, wait. Well, uh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds uh, very interesting. I'm sure that no one. No. I mean, everyone <laughs> wants to hear all about it. No, I mean, the, the, so so. Uh, it, uh, long story short, this this novel pushes like all of my buttons, basically. Tristan, <sighs> what's the difference between a ship and a boat? No. Well. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I know. Actually, one thing I would don't uh, tell us I, about I canoes and rafts because we just read about no. them. No, but I remember I was talking to a a, a Spanish speaker uh, once uh, uh, when we were in South America and about like because I was like, wait, wait, wait. So I know barco is like boat in Spanish, but how would you say ship? And he just looks. He's like, we don't fucking distinguish between the two. We just say barco grande. And that was seriously. I was like, oh, that's so that's so sad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have a word for yacht <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm not sure but anyway you don't care about yachts well, I, though that's the it. limit for whatever reason no, I do care about yachts, but they're—I mean, you know, like they're—they're—they're—they're uh, they're, oh, they're, they're disgusting pleasure craft for rich people, as opposed to war <laughs> vessels, which I'm totally into. Which I'm like, yeah, how how is? Uh, I mean, I've got a fucking 
painting of like the Battle of Trafalgar in my house. And every time I look at it, I'm like, this is some imperialist fucking shit you've got on your wall right now, dude. But I don't care. I've, I, I've been on the victory. Uh, I've definitely stood on the spot where Nelson was shot down. So I have problems. Mm-hmm. I have problems. <laughs> Have you been on that um that that submarine that's in Chicago? Oh, Katie, the one please that don't talk about that because you know how many times? <laughs> I can't believe you brought that up. The, the Nazi submarine at the Museum of Science and Industry. Yeah, we've we've been on that, and that is a deeply unsettling experience. I have to say. Does your kid say yeah, sub and sub and sub and sub? <laughs> uh, he, not yet, but he will, because that is his way of like acknowledging an object, is to just say like juice and 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 juice. It sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I can't well, wait until Tristan, we get to a book I... with fucking cars in it or something. <laughs> they go vroom vroom, folks. They do go vroom vroom. Can't wait for on the road. And Tristan's like D minus, no boats. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, we should get Tristan to rate all the novels I on, the, on, the, on the boat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Robinson Crusoe bad because all the boats of that get fucked up, and that's sad. Uh, well, <laughs> because you clearly don't count canoes and rafts, which he doesn't have great command over anyway. No, no, I know. I remember, like so. <laughs> uh, I was talking about a class that I was going to teach on uh, on on yeah, basically ship uh, literature of ships, and uh, and makes <laughs> like, well, how about Huck Finn, which I love as a novel, but I'm just like. Oh, but that's a raft, though. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think now we have to read an American tragedy because it's like pivotal scene is on a well, a boat canoe. It's like a canoe thingy. Yeah, that yeah, right. But somebody well, gets I mean, tragically okay. shoved overboard. I mean, and I feel like if there's a cool that death sounds... scene, then yeah, it elevates yeah, no, the boat from tiny tiny ship to optimum scene let let's do it as you know Kate, yeah. katie katie and i have no problem with million page novels. well and dreiser is we like love them. you ain't reading yeah. it closely yeah and it has a friend not reading anything it. closely Ooh. a boat <laughs> is there a boat <laughs> this is yeah a boat and a french bulldog is like it's ticking <laughs> all of our boxes uh. yeah. <laughs> okay okay so um that was fun okay katie Tell us whenceforth this novel came and why it took so many years to get published. Ah, I'd love to tell you both those things and other things too. Um, so, but first I'll tell you about Herman Melville himself, a little bit about Herman Melville. He was a Civil War era American author. So he's writing most of his stuff like 1850s to 1890s. And uh, he's best known for the novel Pierre, which is a novel about a guy who really <laughs> wants to fuck his sister. <laughs> Just kidding. He's well, best not- known for Moby Dick, a novel about a guy who really wants to fuck a whale. <laughs> also, you're not you're not joking about Pierre. But the, it, it joking about that that's his most famous novel. Not at that like time. it's about a dude who really wants to fuck his sister. That is like oh, no. that is not a joke at all. Like <laughs> that's very 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 serious. He extremely wants to fuck his sister. <laughs> I mean, it's an American novel that's just, like, on brand. On brand. Um, So Melville, uh, Billy Budd was the last thing that Melville wrote. And he wrote it in 1891. Um, And so he left it unfinished when he died, which is part, maybe partly explains some of the formal weirdness of it. So, like, 
there's a poem in it. There's a newspaper article. Um, and there's also like half a page. He's rambling on about how insanity is like a rainbow, man. How do you decide where like a lot of like old guy purple ends? (laughs) What if the green that you see is different than the green that I see? (laughs) You know. So that's that. Um, He's also so another thing that Melville is well known for in literary circles is his collection of very beautiful but extremely thirsty letters to Nathaniel Hawthorne. Uh, you may remember Nathaniel <laughs> Hawthorne from The Scarlet Letter, a novel about a guy who really wants to fuck the letter A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so a note that the letters themselves don't necessarily say that that much about Melville's sexuality, um, but everybody should read them for sure so that you can like major – when you slide into the DMs, you're going to want to come at that level. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I uh, won't read any of the letters here because I'm scared that we'll get too horny in the podcast <laughs> and won't get anything done. Um, <laughs> there's a real danger. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there is like a little taste of that in Melville's famous review of a short story collection by Hawthorne. The review is called Hawthorne and His Mosses. And in it, Melville says the following. I feel that this Hawthorne has dropped germinous seeds into my soul. He expands and deepens down the more I contemplate him and further and further shoots his strong New England roots into the hot soil of my southern soul. That is amazing. It is not safe for work. Not at all. That is amazing. Oh, man. It is also very just like in general Melville's nonstop horniness. Yeah. No, to Yeah, and it is like, right. Like, I mean, again, that, that like, uh, 19th century literature is all about like kind of homosociality and sort of like uh, veiled homoeroticism totally but like just like out there that blatantly yeah. like that that is like I don't know I kind of struggle to think of other like really famous um, examples of that um, so no this yeah. is some like true daddy shit that he's oh yeah there. totally totally it is and something else it's, as it's you good. say like I don't think Melville would be mad at all that he, Melville, is only your second favorite author. No. No. Absolutely. Melville was Melville's second favorite author. He loved Hawthorne (laughs) so much more. Yeah. And who doesn't? I mean, no, I don't. I, don't. I like Melville. No, yeah, me too. Hey, K- K- Katie, uh, I think you're you're the one who uh, who who ranks them differently. Megan and I are, I think, very much Melville. I mean, I love Hawthorne, but I mean, nothing compares to Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> I think that proves Melville's oh, so no, more steamier. Yeah. Yeah, but like Hawthorne has the um, like the this like erotics of the incel that I really enjoy. Of course um, you do. Oh yeah, no. I mean, Hawthorne is Hawthorne is great. I mean, just just to be clear, Hawthorne is more of a freak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, Hawthorne I think that's right. Freak. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. He, I, he has moments where he tones it down, though. You know, it's like he catches himself at the edge, and he's like, "Okay, let's like survey the landscape of this short story and see how it's going." But Melville never does that. He's just like eight hundred pages sploosh. Like that's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 100 percent. Um, okay so give us the give us the summary of billy bud which is like what 120 pages and still very like needs a full-blown summary there's a lot to say and i'll say mm. 
as little of it as possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, it's why there's a wild amount of shit happens at positively oh, yeah. wild. Um, but here, here's like, here's the TLDR. So you have Billy Budd. He is the quote, handsome sailor. He is your classic manic pixie dream mariner. He is hot. <laughs> he doesn't know he's hot and it makes him even hotter. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and so, like, he's described in this as a mix between a St. Bernard and an extremely sexy horse, um, which I, it's, it's another, like, wonderful Melville thing. Yeah. Um, he, he does have a heart of gold, but occasional rage blackouts. He sometimes <laughs> unintentionally punches people so hard that it causes them to get super, super horny or to die. Um, yeah. So that's a funny little quirk. Uh, he is adored by his fellow seamen. And he ennobles them by being both a dime and a sweetie pie. <laughs> so they're too busy doing his laundry and watching him sit at the tippy top of the ship, sort of humping the sails and waving <laughs> to fight with each other. So he's on this ship and everyone's getting along. And everyone also, uh, as you can, you know, when things are going well socially, you can tell because everybody has a nickname. And it's the same on this boat. So it's like, you know, freshman year when you're all starting to get to know each other and you start distinguishing between the three Joes on your floor. So the one is Joe who shat his pants and the other one's Joe with the car and the other one is other Joe. <laughs> so the first guy we'll talk a little bit about is Starry Veer. He's the ca or Captain Veer. He's described as the most undemonstrative of men. He's a classic early 20s boyfriend type who's too distracted to show up anywhere on time. And it's usually because he's doing shit like reading Wikipedia and musing about what kind of buttons the soldiers had on their uniforms at the Battle of Little Bighorn. <laughs> um, oh, he's no. not a guy you date in your 30s. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, Claggart or Jimmy Legs is the master at arms. He's a Midwest 8 in LA 4 and he's pissed about it. <laughs> His job... <laughs> job is to be a cop on the high seas but his passion is to be a reality tv villain oh yeah so mm -hmm. yeah so if you're familiar with vanderpump rules by any chance he is pretty much the mean british dj who keeps getting fired for getting drunk on the job and calling his co-workers fat bitches um <laughs> yep he's like it's that's flaggart for you He's very evil and obsessed with Billy Budd. And so this shit stirrer guy goes up to Billy Budd and he's like, Clagger didn't say anything like specific, but I can totally tell that he thinks you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> and so Billy Budd gets really jumpy after this. And he so he like spills a pot of gr the grossest soup at Claggart's feet. And so Claggart is like, uh, LOL, not mad. Uh, you're gorgeous. But on the inside, he's having Ram Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares. Uh, and he needs to get soup-related revenge. So he tells the captain that Billy Budd is trying to do a mutiny, which everyone is extremely nervous about for reasons that, quite frankly, I skimmed over. I can tell you. I can tell you about that. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Um, is it a so good captain reason or is it a crap reason? It's a lefty reason. For a mutiny? It's yeah, it's a good reason. It, the, the Nor mutiny was like it was one of two very famous mutinies, and yeah, basically like all these sailors um, took took over a fleet that was kind of waiting at anchor at the at the mouth of the Thames, um, and was like, yeah, you need to sue for uh, peace with France immediately. We're not fighting this war anymore. No, it's a great reason. Oh, that is a really good reason. I just you yeah. know I am familiar with Benito Serino, so I have like a different, also left sort of sense <laughs> of like very good <laughs> mutinous reasons. Mm -hmm. So mostly, Benito like, we're going with Serena. mutineers on this show. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. as a rule. I'm, I'm, I'm down for yeah. that. Yeah. 
pro pro that staunchly pro um pro mutiny so even though there actually isn't one happening at this point <laughs> No. No, mutiny? no, no. The mutiny is 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 not a real mutiny in Billy Bud. It's it's a mutiny in the mind, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is which is a different, totally wholly different thing. Uh, not but, Billy Bud's so, mind though. He's got a lightweight mind. He's almost nothing. There's almost nothing in his mind, let <laughs> right. alone a mutiny. <laughs> so the captain is like not buying what Quaggart is selling. And he's like, hey, listen, Billy. He's like kind of like a dad type figure. He's like, hey, listen. So you spilled the soup. How about you come sit over here and spill the tea? What's going on, buddy? <laughs> and when he does this, um, Billy Bud like loses his whole shit. And his arm, independently of his mind, <laughs> shoots yeah. out, punching Claggart right in the face. And he punches <clears throat> him dead. In the and forehead. So- In the forehead. forehead. (laughs) Imagine, imagine bare knuckle forehead boxing. (laughs) (laughs) Wild. Um, So Veer is like, we got to hang Billy Bud. And everybody else is super upset because he's so hot and nice. But Billy Bud is the king of not being mad. And he's like, God bless Captain Veer. And then they hang him and he dies. Scene. That's okay. You did skip the best part, but we'll talk about it later. Oh no! You, well, you mean uh, the, be- the the hanging best part? The, between the hang, they hang him and he dies. Yeah, and he becomes a bonus. Yes. Well, no. Well, right. I think Art Bay. Are you thinking this? Where the, these two? I think one is the ship surgeon, and it might be the surgeon's mate. Are like, hmm. He didn't jizz when they yes. hanged him. <laughs> is it that? Is it that odd? Well, I don't know. It's not always the case that someone jizzes when they're hanged. Although it does. I mean, I like. It sounds like I'm making this shit up. No, no. this is a chapter in the novella. Like, <laughs> and there is like the 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 surgeon is like at some length like here's what the jizz impulses. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because the, the C is the ejaculatory mechanism here. Yes, yes. It's like it still happens, just not in the way that we expect. That we, in scare quotes, expect. I mean, right, this exactly. legitimately <laughs> is not something yeah, that I ever not. knew about hanging. Is that like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, usually the the the, the victim ha- uh, comes in his pants, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knew well you know we're not we don't kink shame on this podcast okay? not at all no. I, absolutely not absolutely we're not. a very open the, open-minded people the other thing about uh, so if we're like talking about the hanging we do also we should talk about the fact that um he it, like they're sort of also expecting his head to like bust off like a champagne right. cork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like puzzled and vaguely disappointed when this doesn't happen. They, yeah. So that is like, I, God damn it. Where did I get? There's a book called Heads. That's really just what it's mm-hmm. called. And uh, that's internal decapitation is what they're talking about. There's mm-hmm. three different methods of death by hanging. And one is mm-hmm. by suffocation. And one is... That you develop a, a kink in the artery. Yeah. And so that shuts off the oxygen to your brain. And then the third is internal decapitation, which is what happens right. when you drop somebody from a height. 
Yeah, and I mean this is this is super morbid, but but I do think it's a is that like yeah so yeah. so the um uh the eighteen so this is the novel's written in the end of the nineteenth century. It's set in the eighteenth century. In the eighteenth century, it was basically like like no length of there was like no length of the rope whatsoever. So most people who were hanged, yeah, were like strangled to death. I mean, it's ex- like really kind of brutal. Um, not that any of it isn't, but like yeah, it, it took you quite a while to die. Um, but then yeah, and like the Victorian, it's like no, we need to develop a science about how to do this. <laughs> Uh, humanely <laughs> and so there's there's, there's this, these whole tables that they developed and i think it was the 1860s 70s um you might know uh better than me but it was like okay so if a person weighs x weight you need this length of throat uh, of rope to make sure the internal <laughs> decapitation happens but you don't want too much because then their head will just pop off <laughs> like like yeah i mean that like they're like all kinds of like experiments and shit about this it's like yeah the victorians were really Great. As though in the 18th century, <laughs> good people were perfectly comfortable with a head popping off in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like head popping off rather than like slowly strangle to death, I'll probably take the former. So. Oh yeah, I'm gonna take internal decapitation <laughs> way before like oxygen. Uh, even external, even external. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, do we have to pick one? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, if you had to. But, you know. Yeah. I'm going to go with E, none of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about fucking Claggart and his being a reality show villain. And I actually, believe it or not, I'm not entirely clear about why he hates Billy Budd as much as he does. Yeah. Given that Billy yeah. Budd seems quite hot, but otherwise benign. Mm-hmm. Hasn't anyone ever made you horny in a way that made you mad? Yes. Have you yeah. ever been pissed? To be yes, horny, actually, yes, that's yeah. a thing that happens for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think, I think all, all of us have been there. But like, I kind of get why he hates Billy Bud. Just be well, I get like why I would hate Billy Bud, which is just like th- this, like someone who is that just like oblivious to the world or like that everyone's like oh he's just such like a like he's so good like i mean how can you not kind of roll your eyes at that shit particularly when they're it's like a <laughs> fucking idiot i mean which he also is he's got like no functioning brain activity happening but but there is there is like that um that one I, it's a fairly famous line um from the from the novella where it also suggests that like claggart's desire is like what you guys are saying that it, that it's, it's his desire that is like why he Right. It's Billy Bud. Um, and yeah, the, the line, yeah, the, so the line I'm thinking of is like, it, it's basically, it, it's a chapter that is asking like, yeah, so why is, why does he hate this guy yeah. so much? Um, and, and we get this. Is Envy uh, then yeah, such that, a monster? Uh, yeah. Um, so here, so here's where the line is. Uh, when Claggart's unobserved glance happened to light on belted Billy rolling along the upper do- gun deck in the leisure of the second dog watch, exchanging passing broadsides of fun with the other young promenaders in the crowd, that glance would follow the cheerful sea Hyperion with a settled meditative um, and melancholy expression, his eyes strangely suffused with incipient feverish tears. Then would Claggart look like the man of sorrows. Yes, and sometimes the melancholy expression would have, a, have in it a touch of soft yearning, as if Claggart could have even loved Billy, but for fate and ban. Like, Ooh. what? Like, what? who's, like, one, well, fate... But also, like, okay, the I mean, the just general, like, kind of queer desire as, like, socially banned. Like, I mean, what, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I think that's a really interesting kind of passage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think part of it also is like, cause, yeah, the one way of reading it is for sure doing a straight 
reading of like, okay, so the 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 problem here at the center of this is that this is two men. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But the other thing is like that Billy and Claggart are two entirely different types. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So Claggart is like supernaturally evil. He's so evil that his eyes turn purple sometimes yeah. when he gets like really pissed. Yeah. And Billy Bud is like supernaturally good. Yeah. So there's like all these conflicts that are going on here that are also just about like Claggart would probably be happier if he could like if they could fuck sure but there's also something like else going on yeah and and I like I kind of think that the novel is more interested in that second possibility right like it it, it wants the first possibility of how to read that there but it's also like but but it, it like you know it doesn't want us to stay there it also wants us to get more deeply into like okay so what do the like leaving aside the homosexual desire element which is very fronted what is it about these two types that is like irreconcilable with each other like why can't they inhabit the same space or certainly why can't they like why can't they love each other? Why can't like what what would hold these two kinds of people like apart? Well, and that's like part of what yeah. Melville says is that it's something about like this is going to seem sort of obvious, but I don't think it is, which is like about their nature. And so mm-hmm. he right. says like uh, now something such an one was Claggart in whom was the mania of an evil nature not engendered by vicious training or corrupting books or licentious living, but born with him and innate, in short, a depravity according to nature. And Mm -hmm. this is like, as Katie says, like this is the inverse of what he says about Billy Budd, which is that like Billy Budd can't help it. It's not like, oh, he was trained to be pure good or anything. It's just like innate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like just so much going on uh, with that stuff, with the plot. Like with the in with the main action of the novel, which is that so Claggart is like scheming against Billy Bud. Mm-hmm. And Billy Bud is totally incapable of making any sort of a plan right. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like just nothing. Mm-hmm. And so but what happens is that Billy Bud, who has made no plan, like does a fucking murder yes whereas claggart who like tries to scheme it seems like the captain's like not really gonna believe him anyway and like so who is really like i mean we can say like good or evil but we can also say like like shithead or not shithead you know who's the bigger shithead yeah right um yeah, well, and I, I don't know, like, the thoughtlessness of Billy Budd is interesting, because, like, okay, so he is, like, one thing that he symbolizes is this just, like, pure, unadulterated goodness. It's, it's almost, it's, like, too good for the world, right? Oh, yeah. He's, like, that it can't yeah. exist in the world. But that that is, like, it is also thoughtless. It, it's, uh, like, yeah, the murder, like, yeah, it is, it, I don't know, like, this, uh, the moment when Claggart is murdered is one of those seats where I do, like, <laughs> in Melville, like, tragedy is always deeply infused with, if not straight comedy, with also a really satiric component yeah. and yeah, yeah he he makes it expl- like what i made the, what i talked about it being he, he punches him in the forehead yes he punches him in the fucking forehead <laughs> which which like um in late in the like one of the final chapters we get like the newspaper account of how this happened and they change that into like oh billy butt had like a dagger that he stabbed right. Ryder with it's like okay that <laughs> latter thing stupid. yeah that latter thing is like that's the sort of like her- heroic villain kind of thing happening getting punched in the forehead is just like a deeply abject and like ridiculous yep. kind of, you know like that is not part of any sort of like moment of heroicized violence that i can think of you know no it's a goofy ass way to die and there's like Um, this empty zone where it's like 
he experiences rage blackout and then like yeah. his arm completely like out of sync with his will like punches yeah, this yeah. guy and kills him <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah where the fuck like and it's on purpose because he doesn't really he's not a gentle in the way that like is typically thought you know what i'm saying like this is not premeditated yeah. because it's not no. meditated exactly but here, here's the thing though like okay so it's his arm is out of sync with his will yeah. his arm is like the hand in the 90s uh movie idle hands with the red <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 uh, absolutely um <laughs> but okay so it's out of sync with his will but it may not ne- it's not like out of sync with his desire necessarily oh interesting in okay like so how- he is so mad right but how is his desire characterized that's where i'm like i i'm not sure because he seems like objecty to me in the sense of like he is the object of desire. So the direction of his desire is like a little fuzzy for me. Maybe that's true. Maybe desire is not the right word, but it's like, okay, Billy Budd is angry. He doesn't yeah. want to kill him, but he wants right. to like do angry. So like, <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, so right. like that's what, so his, dar- his arm does it for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean yeah. about like, it's, it's not, not me- it's not like meditated, you know, it's like that's, that zone right. is still like, pure impulse or something or instinct maybe yeah right mm-hmm. yeah and so then i guess that my question is the like that, that okay so like what what does this mean for the symbol that billy butt is if he is the symbol of, of goodness in the novel which i think in a lot of ways he is i think that's that is that is true that is how he's working he's also the symbol of a dick yeah exactly mm-hmm. and what does it what does it mean that goodness is like so purely or the, the symbol of goodness is so purely impulse driven so completely yeah. thoughtless so kind of like really incapable of thought at any sort of important moment um i, I don't i mean that doesn't that doesn't really seem to sit well with like this being an unproblematic just symbol of purity and yeah. you know what i mean totally yeah right and so we yeah. know he can't be like we can, we know he can't be a mutineer, right? So it's like he can't have this particular version of badness, but he does have this sort of like his body performs the unlawful or his body performs right. a sort of like um, antisocial. Yeah. Well, his arm does a mutiny. His arm does know? a mutiny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um. So, yeah. So then, I mean, do you think that like what, right, that, that like this is like kind of – um a structural critique because i like i think a lot of melville absolutely is uh yeah that the basically like your your intentions and in, as an individual don't fucking matter it's like kind of the systems in which you operate um what, what we were you were saying earlier uh about how claggart is like he, ha- he has like this bad nature mm-hmm. um and that doesn't seem like a structural critique at all that sounds like kind of like a, a weird almost sort of like humanist maybe kind of thing um but that uh that he is like also the 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 lawman on the ship right that mm-hmm. he's like the police for you know what i mean so like so like yeah. th- like his bad nature is like that's kind of interest and doesn't look structural but the fact that he, what he ends up representing is like kind of yeah i mean the police and like political sort of like political power um you know what i mean the yeah so that 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 all that actually yeah like it even though it might not look like what we're pointed towards is structures then maybe we kind of are as well. Well, Melville holds no, at least, I mean, Katie, you have a better sense of this, but like for me, he holds no automatic, like the law and morality are not by the, are not fused together naturally in any sense. 
No. Especially because, like, we know that there's sort of the law, that the law of the sea, the law of the ship is, like, actually a a quite specific and distinct thing. Mm -hmm. There's, like, a buttload of different kinds of law for Melville. Yeah. And 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 I, and I think like, I think uh, Starry Veer, the captain, like he is um, like he is not an admirable person in this book uh, because he is so he is so committed to the letter of the law that he has yeah. no uh, he has no space for like kind of like so what is actually the morality that is or isn't behind this? Well, and we know he has to hang him, right? Yeah. Like there, that's always really interesting to me that it does seem like something that is embedded in the law to the degree that it's like, oh, we just don't, there's no other option here. Like, that's just not how the novella is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not particular. Like, that's what he says. Like, um, he's he says something like, um, he's an, Billy Bot is an angel of God, but the angel must Right. Hang. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a really kind of striking and sort of chilling line, I think, for the yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think there is a suggest, like, there is one about, like, oh, well, like, couldn't he have just waited to have the trial? Like, like, he, like he very, like, yeah, like, so when he very quickly convenes this sort of like drumhead trial, there is a paragraph that suggests that, like, oh, he could have just waited mm-hmm. and, like, you know, kicked this up to like the admiralty, but he doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm, a, but, but I do, th- but yeah, like, I don't like the the the. That Billy Butt had to be hanged is like a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, even if maybe like Beer could have potentially not been the one to like make make that choice. But I think he also has to be hanged for the for the symbolic order to resolve itself. Like so, for me, structurally speaking, he mm-hmm. has to hang yeah. because otherwise, then he doesn't get to be like the dick that is like yeah. essential. Mm-hmm. I know that like I sound like a like I read this at seventeen and I'm like everything is a dong. But I really don't think I'm wrong <laughs> no, about that in this <laughs> no. book. No, no, not at all. Not it's, at all. It's totally it. It's it's like astonishing how everything is yes. a penis. Just like true. It's truly. like yeah. much um, more pronounced. Believe it or not, than the sun also rises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there's way yeah. more dicks in this. Yeah. Yeah. Like for sure. There's even um. Yeah, there's like the moment where he actually hangs. Uh there's like an ejaculation yeah. moment. Um where where so Billy Bud says God bless Captain Beer. And then um he, it says <laughs> at, at so he says this and he's hanging. And there's talking about the people watching and saying the ship's pop for the ship's populace um and at that instant, Billy alone must have been in their hearts, even as he was yeah. in their eyes. Right, right. So he gave them a full facial. <laughs> <laughs> Except he doesn't, right. right? That's like that's like they're waiting for it, right? But then they're like, "But oh, but he didn't, he didn't jizz on us." I don't, I don't understand the medicine of this. Except like, that, like, I paid good money. He ascend. I mean, it's like this. He ascended, and ascending took the full rose of the dawn. Like, it's yeah um mm-hmm. yeah it, right yes it, yeah it's like the surge the surgeon's mate who's looking for the actual jizz it's like it's like no that the jizz is all around us <laughs> <laughs> if you were looking for the jizz it was inside all you time. all along <laughs> so because we're like right next to it let's talk about that that the most beautiful chapter in this novella in which the, this muscular spasm you speak of is not that in a degree more or less invariable in these cases. This is chapter 26. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, a very a very short but poignant chapter, right? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> okay, I am going to read the yeah. first paragraph of chapter twenty six. It's not actually that long, but it's also like, um, throbbing. I guess is how I would describe it. So that's a good. That's a good. That's a good adjective. Yeah. <laughs> and we need some seventies porn music. Over we do this. need some seventies <laughs> yeah, porn yeah. music over this. We need like dudes with mustaches to just sort of like mm. float by. Um, in various states of, <laughs> of uh, turgidity. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm like adjectives galore today. Um, okay, so yes, we know he's just yeah. hanged. When some days afterwards, in reference to the singularity just mentioned, the purser, a rather ruddy, rotund person, more accurate as an accountant than profound as a philosopher, said MS to the surgeon, what testimony to the force lodged in willpower the latter, saturnine, spare, and tall, one in whom a discreet causticity went along with a manner less genial than polite, replied, Your pardon, Mr. Purser. In a hanging scientifically conducted, and under special orders I myself directed how Bud's was to be effected, any movement following the completed suspension and originated in the body suspended, such movement indicates mechanical spasm in the muscular system. Hence, the absence of that is no more attributable to willpower, as you call it, than to horsepower, begging your pardon. So this is the like, mm -hmm. this is the most Melville-y paragraph that I can possibly think of. Yes. Right? Where he's yeah. like, <laughs> suspended animation jizziness, but also like the yeah. will. And I've done a science. And usually yeah. in the science, <laughs> this happens, yeah. but it didn't. <laughs> um, but here's the question that I have. So... When I read when I read this, I um shockingly my mind doesn't go straight to jizz. It go it goes to the um he doesn't so he doesn't flail around and he doesn't shit his pants. Yeah, that's right. also I think or reasonable. Yes. It all doesn't just fall out. Yeah. Uh that yes. No, I I mean I, I agree. Actually, I think the first time I read this, that was what I was thinking as well um although our uh, our, our friend uh, Pete, Pete Coviello in his in his penguin uh version of this wow. definitely in in his notes uh says that like uh yeah the purser like this is a direct note from from Pete the purser is wondering why Billy was not seen to ejaculate as he was hanged so i will i will take oh. Pete Pete's expertise that this yeah. is yeah. not about his, uh sh shitting his pants uh but actually totally but but no but i think like I, I think it's probably kind of sort of like all of that too it's like that yeah that well i guess like if it was like there, there's very little that's like abject about billy yeah, bud but I there's think. a hell of a lot that's super sexualized about billy bud yeah. you know like so that i guess would also be like no this is this isn't just like bodily fluids in general this this is about like ejaculation i also like no i yeah. uh really sincerely sort of like at the length at the level of the diction um i'm not entirely clear what he is i know what he's calling willpower meaning like he would he it, the idea that he would like somehow must by his musculature like hold it in at the moment of his hanging mm -hmm. and that the doctor mm -hmm. the surgeon is like you can't do that right but why right. mention it at all like why what is the what's the motivating factor here that we would think that he would want to yeah because picture this Oh, you're no. the jizz checker okay and this is your whole job the jizz checker <laughs> and all you do you're the you're the checker okay. for jizz and 
all you do is inspect the underpants <laughs> of <laughs> dead guys oh and God. look for the oh my God. The, fuck, the, 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 the fucking execution doctor who like all comes out in movies like with his stethoscope all dignified <laughs> it's like there there is no heartbeat it's like no it's like no i there is no there is no jizz we we must yeah. we must try again like, like, <laughs> He's like a special eyepiece. He used to look at diamonds. <laughs> so he is seen. He's he's go. It's like an assembly line, right? Like they send an assembly line of dead guys down, and he checks their underpants one by one by yeah. one, and then he sees this one, and it's like no jizz. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's notable. Yep. <laughs> it, yeah, I don't know. It like it is. Uh, like so, Melville will always like hit you over the face with the symbol even symbol that you're like okay i'm kind of done thinking about this he's like no 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 you're still gonna focus <laughs> right. on this. i and, know like, what he the does, symbol he, is he, here herman yeah, yes yes and like he, i mean that's part of why i love it because like he's always fucking with the reader because it's like it's not like so there are some books that like really overemphasize their symbols because they're dumb and they don't they think that that's what you have to do it's like no it's always like kind of a joke with melville it's yeah, like yeah see this sure. is about jizz but then it's all but then like it's all but if you're just like oh he's just completely fucking with us then i think you're also like no there actually is content to the symbol as well oh, yeah. you know what i mean that like yeah um yep totally yeah. it is yeah. content full but like why what's what's about the will like what or it's not really about the well katie you know actually really smart things about this but i don't think it's about the will in the abstract sense i think it's like what why he would like withhold his jizz yeah it's so why would you be well okay so like why would you withhold your jizz when you're being isn't that what's suggested okay. though because you that's like the doctor says like he yes. does it. Yeah. It's not that he does it because he he doesn't do it on purpose because he has no command well, because, over that. Right. Well, because like it, picture this also. We're picturing things today. Uh, let's do a guided meditation and you are a, a mm-hmm. goody good boy who's about to be hanged for punching a guy in the face. Do Would you rather to jizz or not to jizz? <laughs> right, that is right. the question. So, like, of course you would hold your jizz in if you could hold your jizz in. Right. Because it would be yeah. embarrassing or because you wouldn't want to give everybody else the, like, satisfaction of the, of the money shot. I think that, like, so I, I just think that when we're talking about bodily fluids and we're talking about some, like, Billy Bud, like, doesn't have any jizz. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind oh, of character Oh, I is. see. Because he's too perfection-y to right. have any, like, bodily fluid. So we can't talk about like what why Billy Budd would hold in his jizz, right. but we can talk about why like a person might find it undignified <laughs> right. to to right. calm their pants. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it, but it's like so. I like one question that I like as, as I said like earlier that I always have about this book is um, it like the exploration of queerness the critique of power and political systems are these separate things are they happening at the same time and and like i do think like that it returns it to this like highly physical and like the register of the of the like the erotic at this moment that is also all about like the enactment of like sort of like state and military violence and power like that's i I don't quite know what what to do with that narrative choice but i think it's a really i mean i think it's an essential point like why why is he taking us back to that 
at a moment that looks like it's maybe pointing somewhere else, so, like, right? What's a compact version mm-hmm. of the wor- the novella's political or social order? Yeah, I, I and I don't. You know what? I think that's. I think that is like my main question, and I really sort of am not sure that I have a good answer for it. No, I don't think because I, I think the reason part partly why it's hard to have a good account of that is because so like Billy Budd is a singular event sure. mm-hmm. who comes on the ship and disrupts everything that would normally happen. Right. Right. On on a ship. Right. So like saying something about how things on a ship usually go. Um, and again, I have no comment on that. <laughs> oh, I think um, we know people who do. You. you, you yeah. <laughs> but just all like Billy Bud centric, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some some people, <laughs> right? It's all yeah. he's he's the overdetermined. He's like the site of of like radical overdetermination, right? Like he's he's all of our desire. He's the point of all of our desire. He's the phallus itself. He's like not. He's the he's a dick, which is not the same as being the phallus, which is a social. Um, mm-hmm. uh, right. So, um, a version of the social order and linguistic and now I'm getting Lacanian and I should stop but like um, <laughs> he's he's the concrete symbol right yeah and he, he's fully a Christ oh, yeah. figure yeah. like that's one of those one yeah. of those moments yeah well okay and so like th- that he's like the singular event like that so like it, I guess like the I, I think that the question of like what what is the book sort of like kind of like political uh political structure what is its political critique um like there's a very kind of like um again like the dumb version of the symbol the very in your face symbol like uh I can't remember we talked about it earlier but but Billy but so like when he's pressed into the service of the Royal Navy he's on this merchant ship called the Rights of Man oh, yeah. which Melville tells us uh <laughs> that was the merchant ship name though by her master yeah. and crew abbreviated in a sailor fashion to the rights the hard-headed dundee owner was a staunch admirer of thomas Paine. awesome like super like <laughs> at glenn beck's version of thomas Paine, super dot like thomas Paine is an amazing radical yes. atheist like motherfucker uh but yeah who, whose book in rejoinder to burke's arraignment of the french revolution had then been published for some time and had gone everywhere uh and that so like as billy budd is being pulled uh, uh taken away from from the rights of man to the bella potent uh he you know he making a salutation as to the ship herself and goodbye to you old rights of man and then the lieutenant roars down, sir. Uh, like, right. So like, OK, so like what 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 what's what this is showing us is about like the the, the kind of like the, the tyrannical power, like kind of state power or something like that. But like, no, I mean, fuck off. Like it's a merchant ship yeah. called the Rights of Man. Like Mel- Melville, mm-hmm. like I mean, like like think of like Bartleby the Scrivener, which is like this amazing critique of capital. The idea that like a merchant ship would be an unproblematic symbol <laughs> right. yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah. of democracy <laughs> is just like yeah. anathema to, to Melville. And we know that. Right. So. So, OK, so like. So that in its of itself like poses Billy Budd, this figure that like destroys this like that, that like that he, I don't know that like he is a singular event, but like but what uh, but I guess what he's interrupting already feels so like kind of tongue in cheek or you know what I mean? I, yeah, mm-hmm. but I think yeah. again that's like a very Melville thing like, for me, which is like anything that we take as yeah. as like yeah I don't know a constant isn't like ever yeah. right so it's like i really do think that this is a sort of determinate symbol that he's the primary symbol i think you're totally right i think he's a singular the singular event but it's also like yeah kind of goofy in a certain way mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah totally 
But it's also like, okay, so we have this like extraordinary meeting of Claggart and Billy Budd, right? These two like singular people, these representations of, you can say a lot of different things, but maybe like pure good and like right. just pure rottenness. Purple and what happens is like this yeah, awful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And so, but what we have happening is the same shit that we probably would have had happening on the ship anyway, which is like somebody starts a rumor that somebody is going to do a mutiny mm-hmm. and somebody gets hanged. Right. So it's it's like it's it's singular, but it's also like this common mm-hmm. thing that is born out of a fear of a thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And a thing mm-hmm. that's sort of like uh, perhaps endemic to being on a boat together. Right? Like that that's yeah. we know. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna pretend that I am a certain kind of nineteenth century reader of Tristan's ilk, who's like, I think I know what happens in a boat book. Um, <laughs> and there's like no version of conflict free like it's not that there's always a mutiny, but there's always like this low grade threat of mutiny. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, if I get a little bit historic, I, I would be <laughs> brief, but, like, but, but like, I mean, it like, the, the the space of this ship, which Melville, I mean, have been a sailor, certainly knew, and I, and I think, like, his his general, like, non-seafaring non, uh, non 19th century audience would have probably known it a little bit better than, than we do. Um, like, this is a, like, teeming social and political space right like so a ship of the bellipotent size uh two gun decks and 650 men on it like everyone it, it like one of the most claustrophobic spaces i can imagine like how they slept they just strung hundreds of hammocks across the gun decks like literally everyone is always surrounded by other people at all moments yeah, that's a that's a space that's going to produce yeah. some conflict, and and it's also a space where like sort of questions of surveillance are so, like everyone yeah. it's, it's it's almost kind of panopticonic in a way, or like even kind of like nineteen eighty four ish. Like everyone is always like, and, and, but but so like there's always like this low like what you're saying like like there's this this low grade kind of threat that is always coming from somewhere. Like I think that is like really sort of endemic to just like the teeming mass of humanity that this kind of space. And would I can represent. see why I would want to see a butt of like pure goodness. As like a yeah, break because from most, like the awful butts. Yeah. Yeah, yes, because most butts around you are filthy, have not been washed right. in months. Like, you know, they're like, <laughs> like they're, So I like, wanna I'm like, yeah, uh, I would really dig seeing like uh the this like perfect butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boats and butts. I it's we're thematizing that real hard. But like and it's yeah. again, it's like always there's this like low this low grade joke that's always in every Melville. And so like, I perceive that his being like the whitiest of white people, which I think Melville very much repeats, um, is -hmm. another one of those, like, are you sure you want to take this for pure goodness? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, he's always weaving those things through that. It's like, if he hyper signposts something, we should actually be suspicious of it. Yeah, totally. And, and even yeah, beyond, yeah. even beyond, like, is this a symbol? Uh, do you really want to take this as a symbol for yeah. p- pure goodness? Uh, it might even go further to like, it, like, what the fuck do yes. you even mean by pure goodness? Like, that's a like that's exactly. a dumb thought. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's a thing. Not a that's thing, not yeah. a thing. In the, in, yeah. 
Well, like innocence and goodness are oh, two yeah. different That's things also. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I think, yeah, I mean, I think innocence for Melville is actually, because innocence is like thoughtless. Innocence is not someone who like kind of like it all puts any pressure on like their relation to systems or other people. Like, Well, that's part know, of why um, innocence is like what's on the hook here, right? So it's like, can he be guilty mm-hmm, of something yeah. when his like arm acts independently of his premeditation? But like we know that he's not innocent yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's yeah. That, that's on the hook, and I know that's like on the rope, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's another thing too, like that's that sort of like relates to the whole question of psychology and like culpability and stuff that Tristan, I think you maybe mentioned at some point, which is that like on this boat in spite of the fact that there are 80 billion dirty butts like <laughs> yeah. just crammed in there <laughs> yeah. that everyone is having like whisper secret oh, for sure, yeah. times yeah like, yeah and like the bizarreness of that so, yeah and so i think and i don't know i think it also i think that does have something to do with like what kinds of stuff can you know about other people and mm-hmm. what kinds of stuff do you like make happen yeah. about other people by being yeah. crammed into a fucking boat? well like katie yeah. you and i this is like a yeah. very different genre but we were talking about um teen melodrama television shows and that like two of their dominant <laughs> mechanisms of communication are eavesdropping and um like whispered secrets and so I think yes. those are actually like two dominating yeah. modes of communication on this boat, right? Which is like, what are they talking about? Can I mm-hmm. overhear them? What I heard somebody say this. Yeah. So like rumor and eavesdropping are more prominent than ex- like exposition. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, well, but I, I don't like what a way that the book does get uh, historically specific is with the, that right, that the, the Nora that the Nora mutiny had had happened that, that 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 yeah actually that that was this historical event in the midst of uh, the Napoleonic Wars that like oh shit maybe this is a commons in the making a very anti-state mm. commons that mm-hmm. is happening um, and that scene like you know Melville's like that 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 is informing like uh, Veer's reaction certainly to the event. Um, that like yeah that that yeah like the the mechani- like we we sort of tr- or like had had trusted that like yeah that kind of political alignment that kind of commons production was not possible but well, maybe it is and we need to interrupt that you know right I'm it's certainly possible yeah. that the commons would be part of a boat yes right would be right. on a boat right. uh but not this boat right yes yeah very yeah exactly. Yeah, there's like a lot of like there's just so much discipline and authoritarianism on a boat for mm-hmm. like obvious fucking reasons because you're on a boat in the middle of yep. the ocean right. and so like if people start deciding they're going to do what they want it's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, so Katie, you have yes. closing questions for us. We do have closing um, questions. Let's let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. All kinds of different ways. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. Speaking of doing it, uh, first question um, is fuck, Mary, kill, Billy Bud, Captain Deer, Claggart. Uh. So you have to kill... 
sorry, no. Okay, I'm going to go backwards. You have to marry Captain Veer because he's never in your business, right? Yeah, that's probably true. I agree with that. Okay, so Mary, that your your answer is Mary Veer, and then where do the other two go? As I understand from previous conversations, Katie, you don't think that there is it is ethical to fuck Billy Bud. <laughs> I do not think it's ethical to fuck Billy Bud because I I I don't think it's ethical to fuck Billy Bud because he is described as a baby so many times. <laughs> <laughs> that I just think that we just maybe should lay off babies. Babies. We should. We should. It should not be suggested that. A I mean, baby... he's a man. Let Let's be clear. Yeah. No, no, no. We know that. Like, right? It's not yes, but awesome yes. butt is not. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So so then so then Billy Butt is kill, which would make Claggard marry so that so you basically i think arrived at the the, the books so i mean you know, clagger doesn't get fucked although he does right he gets punched in the forehead and then <laughs> and then veer like of course you marry him he's the, he's the good the good say that um yeah i so okay i like i i i would keep clagger as fuck uh i'm gonna mm-hmm. flip billy bud and veer though too just because i veer i cannot i i am not willing to let that just like fucking jim comey motherfucker like <laughs> continue to continue, continue to exist in his world of like law and so and and and, and i you know i mean like the thought of being married to billy but it's like i mean it's like having a conversation every morning with a toaster but like he's <laughs> also, you gonna, also have to do all his laundry yeah yes yeah. no that's true i mean it, it's gonna be a chore yeah, but yes. like he i you know he's just gonna be annoying he's probably not gonna be like some you know like really present obstacle i think you know Right, he's not he's annoying but not horrifying. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think I go Claggart, um, Billy Bud Veer would be my my order. Okay. Well here's a thing here's the thing that I have a question about. Yeah. Like, okay, so Claggart is very cunty. No yeah. question about it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> however, however, is he the type of person who is very loyal to his friends? And fucks up his enemies and hilariously roasts people behind their backs. Because if so, they marry Claggart. Uh, hmm. I th- I would agree that that but would change the calculus. But then who do you calculus. fuck them marrying too? Because that seems like a fool's errand. And you fuck. Ca- I mean, you fuck Captain Beer. It's going to take two minutes. At- <laughs> yeah, if there. Um, I I mean, it's going to be I, missionary I, with all your clothes on. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Um. Yeah, no, that's fair. I yeah, if 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 Claggart is of the type you're describing, I do think that changes the calculus. But I don't think I just think he's a sniveling shit. I think he would sell anyone out like at a moment's notice. I'm not like unconvinced that he would sell out everyone he knows. Like I think that like you could be friends with him for a long time, but he calls the code enforcement officer on you because your grass is too too hot. You know, like I I definitely (laughs) he's still a cop at the end of the day. No. I don't think he calls the code enforcement officer because your grass is too long. I think that he starts slowly poisoning you because your grass is too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so. Sadly, I think we have not going to arrive at a consensus no, on no, this we, one. I think it's a productive debate. You know. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Okay. So, so you ready for your second second question? Oh yes. yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, on Better Red Than Dead, we wear many hats. 
And so um, you're all capable of great things. And imagine that one of those great things you're capable of, in addition to being a brilliant literary scholar, is being a mixologist. Sure. So please, please create for me a Billy Bud themed cocktail. Hmm. Has to be very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Um, spicy like i'm thinking i'm kind of thinking yeah like because billy but so i i was like i the way I, i'm kind of thinking of like the characters having their own drink like to me starry Vare is absolutely a gin and tonic the most oh, boring yeah. like exemplar beverage of the <laughs> british empire that is what he is yes um billy bud though and and, and like if that if, if billy bud is like the is the is the cocktail uh then um like he's kind of like a brandy alexander but even I, i'm thinking he's like one of those 1990s super sugary like Chaco peppermint choo choo drinks the kind of things that if you that if you if you frequent uh like Atlantic City cocktail bars which I have to say I have been to more times than I care to admit uh that, that yep. it's like there's just this menu full of this shit. it's like this has like 30,000 calories that are all sugar it's like going to the cheesecake factory yeah. yes ex- yeah exactly exactly I feel like he's more Hell like yeah. this is still in the like very sweet and disgusting things that I don't drink but like those shots that like 23 year old women order at bars like that that are called things like or an 32 year old women <laughs> i've never known you to drink anything but like low-cal vodka soda bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i was at the i was at the quickie mart last night buying ice cream because yeah and uh there are these two men and one was buying um truly which is that uh alcoholic club soda and um oh. one and they were like do you want to get some vodka and the other one said sure and i was like these people are going to find some ladies and <laughs> yeah yeah so, sounds like yeah. pour vodka sounds down their throats good. and or there are ladies and that was like yeah i that's not what billy bud is like though because like you have to get that ass somehow um yeah i think he's one of those shots that's just full of liqueur that's like Oh um, yeah, that's melon I, yeah. or like a what's in a buttery nipple? Yes. I don't know I any that. of that bullshit. Okay, I got it. Yes, <laughs> here's what it is. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those shots, like the melon. Yeah, yeah. those little melon whatevers. Yeah, dumped in a four loco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what a Billy Bud is. It's like yeah. a it's the Irish car bomb, only all sugar. Yes. And it is served to you by Billy Budd himself, who is shirtless and he's wear oiled and he is wearing like short, glow short. sticks, <laughs> glow sticks around his yes. neck and probably oh, yeah. has because for some reason I'm really going hardcore 1990s with this. He probably cool. has like frosted surfer tips happening a little oh, bit. Yeah. yeah. And those American totally. apparel short shorts. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you have to drink yeah. it out of a penis straw like you're at a bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He's this is a lot of he's got a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah. yeah, For for drinking, which I would normally consider just like two fingers of whiskey in a glass. Yes. Yes. (laughs) When somebody orders one at the bar, they have to like light off a special firecracker and like all sorts of other. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, This is the exact thing that I would like force my husband to order at a bar just to be a shithead. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no, a, you have to do it. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a bar club called Secrets. S E A. Get it? In, oh, in Ocean oh. City, in Ocean City, New Jersey. <laughs> which I am. I am. This is. I. This is the place Hell I'm yeah. mentioning. There's a bar or, called I'm Secrets sorry. that's not no, a gay bar. No, it's not. I'm sorry, it's not in Ocean City, New Jersey, which is dry. It's Ocean City, uh, Maryland. Yeah, Secrets. Yeah, Ocean City, Maryland. Yeah. And it's not a gay bar. It's no, it's not a gay bar. It's not a gay bar at all. It's like a very, very like aggressively straight. Because being called secrets is not a thing that I thought that straight bars Uh, would be called. Oh no, 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 no. There's no, yeah. There's that fuck resort called Secrets. What's a fuck resort? Oh no, I don't want to know. It's it's ones where like married. No, no, no. It's very. Don't worry. Nothing goes on there. Um, (laughs) it's it's like one of those resorts where married couples go. And there's no kids allowed, and so they can like theoretically. F- the idea is theoretically you can fuck, right? Or do people not I- ordinarily fuck at resorts? I don't. I mean, listen. <laughs> there's a lot of buffets. There's buffets, open bar. Yeah. I mean, it's too tired. You're too tired. You're, you're too sun. full. There's getting a lot of yeah. sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like I'm full of shrimp. It's not. It's like do people do people fuck on a cruise? Absolutely not. <laughs> You're too full of shrimp and norovirus. Yeah. Norovirus, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, you got the, I mean, you got the water slide. Like, well, you know, you're going to be too tired by the time you're back to your uh, your room. Your tiny, your room the size of a closet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not ideal. Well, I think we have an ideal Billy Bud drink. We sure do. I think we do too. One last question for you today. The final chapters of Billy Bud are like creative alternatives you might give a student to writing an essay. There's a newspaper article that retells the whole story and there is a weird poem about how Billy Bud is wrapped in seaweed right? at the bottom of the ocean mm. probably. Mm. So imagine that you are a student who doesn't want to write an essay about Billy Bud and possibly hasn't even read most of it. <laughs> what would you do for a creative project? <laughs> Well, first of all, uh, the idea that I would not have read the ship book is like, <laughs> that's good. But I, okay, I, so I've got I've got to assume that I am the kind of or I was the kind of dork student who uh, could have done that. But I think what instead that I'm going to do is build a elaborate like indulge my dorkdom in another way, build an histori- a, a, a elaborate historical diorama about warfare, a naval warfare in the Napoleon. It might be Trafalgar, it might be the Noor mutiny. It would definitely have a model of a yeah. ship in it. Um, and the kind of thing that the teacher is <laughs> going to be like, wow, this is impressive. It has absolutely nothing to fucking do with like the, <laughs> the, the, the assignment. So like, I swear to God, I was going to, I am going to do a diorama too, but it would look so different from yours because it would just mm-hmm. be the scene near the end. So it's like, it's, uh, I don't know if you did it in a shoebox, it would go vertically. So you can show the hanging scene as like a Ken doll. <laughs> Um, with a giant yeah. wave splooshing over the side. That's a... <laughs> what grade are we in? <laughs> I don't know, like That's seniors in, the in high book. school. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So you just have oh, yeah. the edge of the boat, right? So like you see that we're on the boat, but you just have the splooshing wave over the side. It's not like it's not. Yeah. I'm not a dork like Tristan. I'm not going to do a whole boat. <laughs> I mean, you are a dork, just not a dork like me. Yeah, right? like, that's true. I'm just not a, sh- I'm not yeah, a ship. Yeah, let's all slow down here. 
Oh man. Yo, oh. hold on just one minute. You got very excited about the three kinds of decapitation <laughs> mere moments ago. That's oh, true. Man. I just oh, don't boy. it's not a ship based dorkdom. Right. It's yeah. not a transportation. No, it's I'm not the Secretary of Transportation is... of of literature. Right. Which I which I <laughs> totally am, right? Uh, no, this is taking me back to the the senior project I actually did for my AP English class, which was it was like it was basically very free reign. But what me and my friends did was like this Monty Python esque history of like English literature, which was it was like forty minutes long. I can only assume that it was terrible. Like, but I remember our, our teacher, who's like one of the coolest people I've ever met, was like, "You guys get an A, but like, what the fuck?" I feel like that is like the universal. AP lit teacher response, which is like, I really appreciate your comment. You fucking dorks. You get an A. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh, you get an A, but you absolutely have to go to the guidance counselor. After yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be like my diorama that people would be like concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I feel like I did a lot I, of things in high school that people were concerned for me, and I did fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, don't know, I sound like a rad diorama, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we cool. could still yeah, build a diorama the size of my living room that would have all of those elements. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So when? I'll, I, I'll get my calendar. <laughs> 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 I will get 30 shoeboxes. Yeah. My dog's going to ram into okay. something and knock it all over. You both get an A. Yay. Again, because like you you fucking dorks get an A. <laughs> <laughs> you big huge losers get an A. You know, that's how we roll. Like that's the show. Like who amongst us yeah. cannot be a huge dork? Yeah. This is the All right. Thank you. Those were great questions. Thank you. Uh, like to surprise you um, once Okay, cool. <laughs> so this has been better read than dead. You can find Tristan on Twitter at TJ Schweiger. You can find Katie at Katie Crywell. You can find me at Tusslersaurus. You can find the show on Twitter at BetterRedPod, R-E-A-D. And email us at BetterRedPodcast at gmail.com. But only if you want to tell us whether being a hanging methods dork or a ship dork is cooler. Um, <laughs> I think we all know the answer to that. Uh, our theme song is Left Bronstein by the Redskins and used with their permission. Our logo is created by Jane Bonsack of JB Design and Content. And in forthcoming weeks, we'll be talking about In Cold Blood and Little Women, Gulliver's Travels, and a lot of other great stuff. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs>